This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everybody. I'm Abby Lee Miller, and welcome back to Leave It on the Dance Floor. I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is a big treat for all of our listeners, all the ALDC elites out there. Listen closely because this is going to be a trip down memory lane. Here today with me is none other than Sandy Powers. <laughs> Sandy Powers. I talk about Sandy all the time. She has been in my life since the beginning, the beginning of the ALDC. So Sandy, say hello to all of our listeners and our viewers today. Hello, everyone. Hello. And uh, Sandy, tell us about the very beginning, uh, your first moment at the Marion Lorraine Dance Studio. My very first moment, I had a daughter that was two and another one that was seven and they wanted to take dance. So we went to Marion Lorraine Dance Studio. That was Abby's mom. And um, it was it was a good time. It was once a week she was at this particular facility and she would unload gymnastics mats out of her trunk and a record player and her money box and a receipt book. and she would teach the class and then at the end of the night she'd load everything back in her car again and go to another location for the next day so it was uh, it was always enjoyable my older daughter wasn't as into it as the little one but uh, we kept up for a while when recital time came she got a costume that she didn't like the older daughter the hat was dumb <laughs> it was a plaid Scottish costume with tap shoes and she said I'm not going back there so she didn't. She quit. <laughs> but her sister stayed for the next 15, 16 years. And, and uh, so did you. And so did I. Yeah, so did I. Well, you stayed for a lot longer. Yeah, a lot longer than that, for sure. For sure. But um, I remember uh, they then moved to a permanent studio. And uh, one day Abby decided she wanted to start a competition group with one particular class. And it was the class that by now my youngest daughter was seven or eight years old and Abby decided that's what she was going to do she wanted to do this competition group and her mother was not into competition she it was wanted, just starting it was just starting but she wanted everybody to be happy she was afraid yes. there'd be hard feelings and she she wanted it to be a happy place and we weren't gonna have any kids upset little did she know <laughs> <laughs> but um, Abby took the kids to competition and they had just a t-shirt and a leotard and some kind of a scarf that they would you know, twist around, but Abby was only 14. This was her first outing at this kind of thing. So, uh, but you all, listened to me. 
well, yeah. My mother I, said, who is that little girl? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I said she was only 14. And she said, all these moms are running around listening to what this kid's saying. Who is she? I said, it's okay. It's Mrs. Miller's daughter. All right. But anyway, we got there, and they did their number. I don't know how many other groups were in the competition. And they won. Well, we couldn't believe it. We all jumped up, so excited. And I was beside Mrs. Miller, and she fell to the ground. She was so amazed and so relieved that you know it was going to be a happy ending so that was my very first beginning of and that my association that same moment was the moment that I realized what I was put on this earth to do because yeah. I had done everything you know the ice skating the roller skating kind of like your older daughter what about the charm school you did the charm oh I did school. I went to charm school that was a good thing that I did. Yeah. I, I learned how to get in and out of a sports car and how to, you know, what tip to leave at what kind of restaurant. It was how yeah. to run up the steps when everybody else is coming out of, of a building. I learned valuable lessons then. More than you did at the garden club, right? Yeah, more than <laughs> I did at the garden club or the karate place. <laughs> yes, I learned a lot more in charm school than I did at the garden club. But dance was now going to be my life at 14. So I already right. knew what I was going to do. However, I wanted to move to New York City and just choreograph a Broadway show. It doesn't happen like that. And I try to explain that to kids that want to be choreographers. Usually, usually you start out in the chorus and you work your way up to the dance captain and then the swing and then the assistant choreographer and then the associate choreographer. And then someday somebody throws you a bone when you're 40 something and you get to be a choreographer. So I was better off in Pittsburgh choreographing. Well, you were, and you did a very good job, especially for the young ages that you were. But you also saw to it that these kids, your students, your competing students, got to go to New York and see a lot of shows, which many of them would have never had that opportunity. But we would all load into a bus with our matching outfits on, <laughs> even the parents, and um, we would see as many shows as we could fit in in that period of time but we also went to Central Park we went to uh, St. Patrick's St. Patrick's Theater. we went to see the Statue of Liberty we Abby saw to it that they got to see everything that was in that area anything that was involved anything that would yeah why well, I, I pride myself on getting kids out of Pittsburgh out of Penn Hills to other places that they wouldn't normally go and I, I, I've said it before you know, people that came to our dance studio, their idea of a vacation was Ocean City, New Jersey, or Ocean City, Maryland, or something. We never did a something. competition at the beach. We never no did. We way. went to Las Vegas. We went to L.A. You know, Orlando, Orlando, Disney World. Right. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted those kids to go to places that they wouldn't go with their families. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about the fundraisers, <laughs> how we got those kids yeah, to those places. That's for sure. Sandy, you were the president of the Dance Company Parents Association. Yes. Do you remember when that was? I believe that was probably when my daughter was in high school. I, I don't know exact year, maybe 85, 1985, Okay. But yeah, we had, we had many fundraisers. There were company fundraisers that went to the general fund that paid for outings, meals, things like that, that the whole group did. But then you could do personal fundraisers that raise money just for you. Your plane cover, fare yeah, or your hotel bill. Your expenses. Yes. But and those kids did those fundraisers. Oh, I, and yeah. They you were know, afraid not to. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's always like, 
like any sport or any activity, the people that were working their asses off for the fundraisers that were running it and doing it and picking stuff up and dropping stuff off and all that, they could have just written a check for their kid and paid for it. Mm-hmm. They, you did the fundraisers so the kids that couldn't afford to go could go. Right. And then they didn't take advantage of it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they did. I remember shopping for the food, preparing the food, selling the food, buying the food <laughs> after I did all that. Let's talk about what food you mean. So we, you know, you have these hoagie sales. Submarine sandwiches, hoagies, I don't know, whatever they're called in your area. And shall we recite the menu? <laughs> Two ham. Yes. Three capicol. Three capicol. Three salami. Three salami. Two American cheese. Two provolone. Two provolone. There was a bag of lettuce and onions and salad dressing. Separate. Separate, yeah. That yeah but all. you took the little baggie of the lettuce and onions and stuck it inside the hoagie. Mm-hmm. And then you put it in the bag and you twisted it and you put the tie on. We made the hoagies. We made thousands on Saturday mornings. Not thousands. every Saturday, but we made thousands. And we you said something about the knife. That all you could hear was the electric knife going for hours. Is that one dad, Pete Porco, would stand there and cut all the buns open so that we, because we were, they were delivered fresh that morning. They were really good hoagies. They were amazing. Yeah, they were. They were amazing. And then, you know, realization set in and thought, why are we making these? Let's just buy them from a company. And then it was never the same. They were never as good until my dad's buddy from Alcoma, we went downtown mm-hmm. to him, and he was the one that sold the hoagies to the stadium where the Steelers play and the Pirates and th- those hoagies. So they were first class they were good yeah they were good they were way more expensive but yeah but but abby it's a video of you making uh sandwiches it's probably for one of those fundraisers that uh i believe i i don't know who sent it to you yeah somebody sent it to you and then you sent it to me so that's on uh patreon for the aldc elites but it's you with like a pink hat on with your big hair and you look so young and you're just like making the sandwiches i know there i am making a sandwich on saturday morning for some kid to go on vacation Oh, God. All right. So uh, we we did candy sales. We did the candies. Uh, We did Easter candy, Mm -hmm. Christmas candy. So now you are working. Okay. So let's jump ahead. You were in charge of the dance company. Right. And then that, your reign ended and you passed it on to somebody else. I remember your daughter getting a brand new car. (laughs) Yes. For her 16th birthday or she was 17th birthday or something. 17. She didn't get it for her 16th birthday, but like me but she got it when she was 17, unlike me. And uh, everybody assumed Sandy used the dance company fundraising money to buy her kid a new car. (laughs) In the meantime, in the meantime, this woman sitting here with me today used to put money in to the dance company parents association, to the dance company fundraising account. She would put her own money in if some kid couldn't go. If some kid couldn't travel, if some kid didn't have the money. Or if we needed the money before everybody had paid their money. Oh, yeah, then right. So you before. so you were short. Like, we had to pay for the candy before it was delivered, but the kids didn't go out and sell it. They didn't collect all their money. You know how that goes. So Sandy would take her own money and put it in. <laughs> and here they're accusing her of, you know. It was just easier on me that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you know how it is. So then you... When you, my daughter graduated, I didn't have a function anymore you know the empty nest thing so that's whenever i would fill in for your dad when he would go to florida or whatever i would sit at the desk and 
right take over for him a little bit right and uh we were in the big studio downtown before i built my building downstairs and uh you would sit at that desk and it was a big high desk and you'd have to sit up on a stool <laughs> behind it and uh, but you could see the classes going mm-hmm, on you, and could. you could see the the involvement of the dancers mm-hmm. and uh your daughter Melissa. Yes. She had a tight knit group of friends. She did. Dance she was friends. missy then. She was missy. She was missy. Yes. Missy. And uh, she had a cousin that danced, Chrissy. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she had her buddies. Oh, yeah. And those buddies lived at your house. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. And you made the costumes. I made the costumes. I We had, they had parties. Sandy they had sews. sleepovers. They yes. had, yeah, they were there a good bit. And uh, I they remember. They still keep in touch. They do. They do. And I remember you would have to wake them up in the middle of the night to try the costumes on. Right. Because we had a deadline for the costumes, but... I always had a deadline for the costumes. <laughs> for 40 years. She yes. didn't realize that she could sit and draw it on a piece of paper in maybe half an hour at the most, hand it to me, and it would take a day or two to figure out there's no pattern. There's no... Sometimes there was not the right color thread, and it's midnight. So uh, I remember one time having to cut a bathing suit of mine apart because I needed black spandex to cover a hat. And I was no store to go to. Actually, it was for Gianna. Oh, gosh. It was for Gianna. You all know Gianna? (laughs) But I had to fashion a hat out of a piece of bathing suit fabric. But, yeah, there was always a deadline. Always. And sometimes the deadlines got moved up. You know, after you give somebody a job and say, here it is, and here's the deadline, and then, oh, wait, wait, we're going to this other competition, or, oh, they have a performance, or we, we need that. It got worse once the show started, because there was only, like, a eight-hour timeline from whenever I knew what I had to make until Okay, wait, you done. jumped way ahead there. <laughs> you jumped way ahead. All right, she's talking about a little television show you all know called Dance Moms. <laughs> yes. So, you're at the studio. You're working. Now my dad passes away. And you're there more. Yes. Well, you used to be there more when he would go to Florida for right, right. months at a time for the winter snowbird. And you would take over. And you had to deal with the parents. I did. You did. I so, was the good cop to your bad cop. <laughs> good, bad cop, good cop. That was it. <laughs> bad cop, good cop. There you have it. Mm-hmm. So give us some examples of that. Um, <laughs> well, uh what can I say? She hollered at one kid, do you have a mother and does she have a brain? And it's like, oh, she didn't really mean that. It's like, where's your mommy? Maybe I'll talk to her and see if we can find out what you need. But it was, uh, every mom would come, not every, but a good many moms would come to the desk and confidentially tell me, you know, my daughter's gifted. She's really gifted. <laughs> you have a whole room full of really gifted kids. <laughs> but uh, every parent thinks that. And those parents don't want to hear the negative things that sometimes got, you know, <laughs> were mentioned. So it was my job to kind of peel them off the ceiling and say, it's going to be fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be great. And yeah, you have to put artificial eyelashes on your two-year-old, but she'll get used to it. <laughs> and lipstick and white gloves, and they can't touch their mouth with the white glove on because, you know. They get lipstick. <laughs> and we always did these photo shoots where the kids that were good and older would be there in the afternoon and they'd be fresh and they would be beautiful and their makeup would be perfect. 
and the babies were in a holding room <laughs> down the hall, <laughs> crying, sweating, wetting their pants, whatever. But they were last. <laughs> they were always like 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night. That was when I really had to calm the moms down. <laughs> No, I do not remember. Yeah. Well, no, you were in the room with the good kids. <laughs> I was at the desk with the moms and the crying kids. <laughs> All right. So, Sandy, your job was to get the money out of people. And that's a tough job. It is. Especially, I'm going to say this, I know it's 2023, but getting money out of women is tough. They, well... You know, everybody has their but a lot their situation. Of, but a lot of the clientele in the area that we were in didn't tell their husbands what they were spending. Right. The husband. And so they'd come to the studio and they'd pay in cash yeah, from the grocery. some the cash people, yes. Grocery money. What, yeah, perhaps, yeah. yeah. Perhaps. They were <laughs> siphoning the money out of their, their... And they were okay, but they wanted to know, like... What is this for? How did you all of a sudden come up with this bill? What do I owe? Well, where is it? What did I pay? Didn't I put a deposit down? Well, yeah, your deposit was fifteen dollars, but you know now we've got the tights and lipstick. Eighty-five and, with yes. your tights, your lipstick, your headpiece, your, group your photo fee. Yes, your, yeah. So it, you had to explain it over and over, over even yeah. though it was in writing and they received it. Some things came. Not necessarily in writing right up front. No. There were things that happened after. Right. But your kid got a solo, and now you have to do a page in the book because they have a solo and they have to right. do a page. So, yeah, it, like I said, it was just trying to soften the blow. That's soften all. the blow. <laughs> just soften the blow. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Prior to the TV show, mm -hmm. there were moms at the studio. Mm -hmm. Moms that ended up on the show. Right. So <clears throat> let's just go ahead and jump to it. Kelly Highland. You have known Kelly how long? Kelly was in that original dance group with my daughter. So I've known her since she was maybe eight. Years old. Yeah. And you knew the mom and you knew the dad. I did know the mom. Actually, I went to high school with them. Oh, mm -hmm. interesting. <laughs> okay. She graduated with you? She did. I don't know okay. about him, but she did. Okay. So you knew them forever? I knew of them. We were baby boomers, and our class was 1,200. Wow. Just the graduating class. So I knew of her, but I she wasn't one of my close friends. Okay. But no, but you knew Kelly forever. Oh, yes. Kelly. Yes, I do yes, know Kelly. Yes, forever. And her older sister, Carrie? Yes. Yes. Okay, and then there were other people at the studio you knew. You knew Cl Christy Lukasiak and her daughter, well, Chloe? I had become familiar with them because they, they had been bringing their kids to class. And I you know, ordered their costumes, measured their costumes, altered their costumes, uh, just dealt with them. I saw those moms more than I saw some of my relatives. Yes. I would see them like three days a week. And they were there? 
And they were there. And they were customers. They were. And came year after year. Yes. Yes. And uh, so why don't you take our listeners, our viewers, through what it was like dealing with Christy and her payments. <laughs> oh, Abby, don't make me do this. <laughs> I think it's public knowledge anyway, but... Um, well, she... She and like they all wanted to know like how what is the total and how did it get to be and what am I paying for, and uh, she had a credit card number on a piece of paper that was her grandmother's and she said her grandmother I believe her grandmother may have raised her I'm not she certain did. she did, did. Her okay. grandma, that grandmother raised her yes. yeah so the grandma was paying for Chloe's dance expenses okay but it was a struggle. But you wanted everybody wanted their kid. We didn't to have come from all. a really affluent. It wasn't a poor neighborhood, but it wasn't super affluent. No. And when people decided to do this, it was a commitment. It was a financial commitment. It was yes. yes. And they also uh, wanted to do it. Oh yeah, very much. Very much. Mm-hmm. And if your kid was in there and had some talent, and I took an interest in your child, you wanted to do it. And that's what I think. Sometimes the public doesn't understand is that. Nobody had to do it. Yeah. Nobody, I mean, if you committed, you started the year, you signed a contract for your child, a commitment, you were there for that year. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you might have a few, every, no matter what the circumstance, every year you would have a few that wouldn't come back after the recital because their family <laughs> situation changed or for whatever reason. They moved yeah. away or right. just whatever it right. was. Right. And he, over your years at the studio, you saw a lot of trophies come in. I did. You saw a lot of uh, winners, mm-hmm. Ch- children that came in as three-year-olds mm-hmm. and then en- ended up professional dancers. Right. Why? Talk a little bit about that. We had uh, one boy in particular that uh, he was one of four children. His mother was a single mom, divorced mom, and uh, she wanted everything to be fair for all her kids. So she took them, brought them all to dance. <clears throat> the boy had such potential. Abby was really, has always been really good at spotting this. When the kid walked in the door, she could say, that kid's beautiful, or that kid has the right feet, or that kid has the right body, or they have the potential. And it was a super nice family. They were wonderful. They were very agreeable. But the boy really, he had it. He could be something. He wanted it. He, yeah, he wanted it. And he worked so hard. Over the years, he would get more and more opportunities. And being the only boy in a group, you stand out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he really stood out because he was so good. And um, he would stay after class, and he would go over and over and over that. The Boy Scout number, I'm proud to be an American. Yeah. He did that, and you would hear that music go on for another hour after class was over. And then he did... Um, Come fly with me, and you would I just, hear that. I just know if I had a dollar for every time I watched one of those numbers, mm-hmm. I, I would be financially mm-hmm. set. And then there'd be auditions, and Abby and I would get in the car and drive to New York and go to the auditions, take the kids to, <laughs> you know, be able to have this opportunity. And their, and their, sh- their parents didn't take them. No. Well, they wouldn't have even known where to go, truly. Now, you, I could you have had, came up with an address. Well, you could have, but it's not the same. So, it's not the same. So, I took them. Yes. I and drove. Then, well, we were you there, drove. We were there. Yeah, I drove. we drove back and forth. Then you would go to uh, the colony. colony in New York, 
and you couldn't just listen to music. You couldn't get it over your phone or she would buy numerous like CDs. Well, before five, CDs, probably even the eight tracks. I don't know. Yeah, a lot. And we'd listen to the music the whole way back, and she would say, oh, this song, this will be a good solo for somebody that's a good lyrical dancer. This is going to be Mark's solo next year. It was always about the music and preparing for what lays ahead, what lies ahead. But I worked hard on that and spent a lot of money. You did. You did. If those people ever knew the time and energy I put into just finding that song for their child. Or sometimes you'd buy one, and it just nothing on it was going to no. work. And these are, these are CDs that aren't nationally put out. These are CDs that are $40, $30 back then a piece. Mm -hmm. They were people that put out their album themselves, cabaret singers in New York. Right. Yes. Or we would call Marty at the Colony yes. from the desk in Pittsburgh and say, we have this kid and she's good at this and she's good at that and we need a song for whatever. And he was like this savant. He was a genius at this music. And he would uh, tell you, I know, I have this, this song, I'll send the the music to you and then he would mail it to us i i forgot about that yeah marty we would call marty at the colony mm -hmm. oh my goodness well marty if you're listening thank you <laughs> thank you yeah. okay now those kids came so at the desk there was a trophy there were flowers yeah and that used to bug the shit out of me because i'd get this big beautiful flower arrangement thank you abby from the winner whoever won mm -hmm. It was just so everyone else could see it. I was like, give me a nail gift certificate. Give me a, you know, a new toaster. Give me, like, like. Oh, come on. Something. You know, somebody came up and said, thanks, here's a toaster. Well, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> give me a massage. Give me something. I know. You're really not a flowers person. I, I just, really I think flowers flower are person. beautiful. <laughs> I think they're beautiful, but I just. They just smell like the funeral home, and I just, it bothers me. But okay, so, but you saw a lot of winners come. come. Oh, absolutely. They, sure. Those kids came, sure. and they worked, and then more kids started to come. And just just going from that first routine that your daughter was in at that very first Regency Dance Competition yes, or something. that was it. Mm -hmm. And we won that 12-inch plastic trophy. That everyone wants when we were clearing things out, and we cannot find that trophy. The first one. The first trophy. It was probably at my house. It probably never even went to the studio. Maybe. Yeah. So from that, the, the, the evolvement, like, not the evolvement, the, the evolution from that moment to what I was producing at the end before a TV show, that's what baffles me. When I think about how many, I only wanted a Miss Dance. That's all I wanted was to have a Miss Dance of Pennsylvania. And then I did. And then I had another one. And another one. And then and they had different one. age categories. And one year you had every single category as a teen, junior, teen, and miss. Mm -hmm. And you were always there to was, watch, I to was. sit, and to. I remember your first, I think Jenny was your first yeah. big winner. Yeah. Yeah. She was little, like maybe eight year old, and she was really good. Really very bendy just fun to watch and she won and then she was going to nationals you took her to nationals fall came to sign up no jenny she was nowhere to be seen she rumor had it that she was lured away by another dance studio in the area oh she was definitely solicited by a teacher named solicited who, who was maybe an hour 45 minutes or an hour away and i think they arranged for rides for her to get there mm -hmm. whatever I don't know if, whatever reason but because um, she certainly was getting an education 
from you. And special treatment. And special treatment. And free lessons and oh hours God. and training. Abby was beside herself, like, beside herself about this. She just couldn't imagine. And I, I said to her, Abby, everyone's replaceable. They have to be. Life goes on. You're going to have more kids that will come, and they'll take her place, and you're going to succeed. But everyone is replaceable. You can't let this destroy you. So now that's on the back of T-shirts. <laughs> she took it and turned it around to, well, you can get out of here because everybody's replaceable. <laughs> I forgot about that kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was devastated. I always get emails and direct messages online from kids and parents asking if I can record a short video. Wishing someone a happy birthday a milestone congratulations on a special achievement, or even just my advice before performing at a competition. With Cameo, my followers, the ALDC elites, have the chance to connect with me directly. Looking to have Abby Lee's last word as you enter an exciting moment of your life, maybe put you, your friend, or a special someone at the top of the pyramid, or do you want them at the very bottom? Anything is possible on Cameo. Connect with me from anywhere on the globe at cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. That's cameo.com backslash the real Abby Lee. The sky's the limit on Cameo. I went to take my exams for Dance Masters of America that meant so much to me mm -hmm. because my mother was so involved in the organization yeah. and my mother was really involved in continuing education because dance is constantly evolving art form and it is a constantly evolving art form and, and it's like a hairdresser. You can't get left behind or you're going to be doing blue-haired perms. I remember you know? your dad saying, our whole life revolves around dance masters. <laughs> I know, you say, dance masters doesn't put the food on this table. <laughs> right. uh, so... I was had studied and studied and studied and I was taking my exams and uh, I went to the dance studio with the dance teachers to take it that give it to you which that's a whole scam anyway and uh, the teacher was there to tell me oh, oh that she had a new student but oh. I had already known but she was there had no business being there wasn't there for any reason whatsoever but to tell me to throw it in my face right but before I took my exams to uh, to try to throw me. Hmm. And I got a hundred perfect score. Well, I think they were mad because they've, I don't want to say mad, but uh, amazed because they had been doing this for years and you were this young person coming in and you won all this stuff and they yeah. were a little offended, I guess. I don't know. Well, then it got worse because yeah, then, then I kept winning and I worked my ass off. Mm-hmm. I would be in that studio on Sunday from 11 a.m. until 8 o'clock or 7 o'clock till I could run to Mass at, at St. Bernadette's uh, on the way home. And I literally was there you day in and day out. And you the were. people paid a flat fee. Sandy was at the desk. She took the money. So <laughs> when anybody talks about money and how much they spend at the dance studio, she knows exactly what it was. Yeah. And I think for whatever, 250 bucks for a solo, they got a lot. They did. They did. You'd put that sign up on the wall with number one to eight or whatever different times and they had to sign up for their private their private lesson and they ran over there oh yeah to sign up 
Yes, yeah, I did. Okay, so you help with costumes. Then you really got involved in the head pieces. So I would have other costume makers making the scratch costumes. Or I would do props sometimes. Props. Too. Or we would, he would come to my house in the middle of the night and we'd be dyeing things Fabric. black in my kitchen. <laughs> yes. Sandy redid her kitchen. She completely gutted her house out and pushed it out and made this big, fabulous kitchen. And there was still glitter inside in the, the table, table leaves. <laughs> from years ago yeah sitting there at night making costumes and headpieces and yes glittering things up sandy you're actually seen in uh one of the first episodes of season one when they were doing electricity let's get to the moms about the show the show moms okay all right so you mentioned that we were in florida right and we were driving in a car we were <laughs> you and i i don't know why what our reason for being in Florida was, if it was just a vacation or whatever. But there was some interest and little stirrings about the show and possibility and uh, well, you they probably, were shopping it around different but you networks. Were, you were with me all the time. We were together. Oh, yeah. So you knew that I was getting these phone calls oh, from yeah. John Krella right. constantly, right. constantly, constantly. Mm -hmm. Now, oh, I gotta talk about something else. Okay, so Sandy, you're at the front desk and phone calls come in. And it's casting agents from New York City. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. People calling. We need a 12-year-old girl that does a left-side aerial. Right. Do you remember those Oh, yes, calls? I do. And then I remember you coming out and calling people you knew at Disney to get kids seen or auditioned or whatever for Tokyo Disney, for Orlando. Just, yeah. Yeah, it's a lot it's of that. So once the winning started and once the first kid had a job, and then the first Broadway show, then it started to go crazy mm -hmm. at my studio. Right, right, it did. And then <laughs> that's probably whenever all the dance teachers didn't want you to go to Seven Springs yeah. anymore because there was no way their kids were gonna beat people that were headed to Broadway. Yes, it. we would go to competition and they would look in the programs and they would see they were against Mark Myers or this kid or that kid or Amanda Stiletto and they would pull their solos. They would literally pull out of the competition because we showed up. So now we're in Florida. You knew that there was a little bit something about a TV show. Right. There was, well, I would talk to you every day, so I knew it was going on. It was a possibility, but I don't think anyone took it as seriously because it wasn't like you were busy doing what you were doing on an everyday basis, teaching these kids. And it was going on, but it didn't take over your life at the time. No. And thought, well... I don't know, we'll try this and see what happens. Not too long ago, I was in the hospital fighting for my life, fighting a very rare form of cancer, Burkitt lymphoma, choking my spinal cord, knocking at death's door, and having to go through 10 very invasive rounds of chemotherapy. I never thought I'd be able to stand on my own two feet again, let alone teach dance. It wasn't until Dancers Against Cancer visited me during my recovery to help in my time of need that I realized their incredible mission. They have created an alliance in the dance community that provides financial support and inspiration to dance educators, choreographers, studio owners, dancers, and their families who have been impacted by cancer. The I'm a Dancer Against Cancer campaign was founded in 2012 in response to the loss 
of a young dancer from cancer. Since then, it has become a beacon of hope in the dance community, uniting dancers all over the nation. Join the fight against cancer and help make a difference with the dance community. For more information on how to get involved and make a one-time or even monthly donation, please visit imadanceragainstcancer.org backslash donate. Again, please get involved and make a difference within the dance community. Visit imadanceragainstcancer.org backslash donate. So we get a phone call. So it, and we get a phone call. Well, we were in Florida. Actually, the economic downturn, a lot of people were uh, taking time off from dance, taking fewer classes. So we didn't have quite as much money to do all the extra stuff this year. And we're trying to make headpieces out of curling ribbon and just getting a t- recital together. And we're driving down the street and her phone rings. And it's, I, I can only hear her part of the conversation. But whoever she was speaking to said, we sold the show. And she said, oh, okay. And he said, but you don't understand. Your life will never be the same again. And she said, well, that's okay, because I'm not liking the one I'm living right now. So <laughs> that was the beginning of, and I think that was in the spring. I'm not sure exactly when that happened. The beginning of the end. <laughs> well, the beginning of the studio as I always knew it. Yes. Let's put it that way. Okay, so now let's talk about those moms. We had Chrissy Lukasiak. Mm-hmm. You had Kelly Highland. You had Holly, Holly. Frazier. Mm-hmm. You had, well, Melissa was later in there. No, Melissa was there. there with yeah, with her kids, okay. Yeah, and then you had, uh, Did that's you say it. Kelly? No, that's it. Those four. Let's talk about those four. So, you're at the desk. Mm-hmm. Kelly comes in. <laughs> Take the audience there. They want to know this. And I keep saying it, and people don't really think I'm telling the truth. You were there. You worked at the front desk. You gave out the bills. You took the money. You wrote the receipts out. I did. So what would happen? What was well, they would a owe. lot of? It was a lot. Of, it was a lot of. I don't want to say chaos, but a confusion because it was picture time, and everything had to be paid for before the pictures. But sometimes we didn't know how much the headpiece or whatever was going to cost right away. So it was a lot of last minute kind of stuff. So how much, you know, how much is this? Well, what do you mean? How, was We're like nickel much? and diming it at the end. Yeah. Yes. Well, I hate to put it that way, but it was because we didn't know before then what it was. You didn't cost. know how many rhinestones were going to be on a costume right. until you rhinestoned the costume, anyway. period. But they weren't stupid. Well, <laughs> some of them were stupid. Uh, but you didn't know. They knew what rhinestones cost and they know what it costs to rhinestone them. It's but just, people just never wanted to hear it at the an end. overload, I guess, yes. whenever they're getting there and it's just a lot going on. It's a high stress. Like I said, it's pictures and kids are crying and you don't have the right color tights and they had a pair but they tore them and it's just you know so uh, yeah then it was like well how much do I owe well how well, how did it get to be that much but Kelly so, would stand there with she, the credit well, she, card well, in she her always hands. had Brooke was sh- smaller for her age and Kelly always seemed to have her she was carrying her around a lot and little Paige was teeny kind of running around and then she had a son too so her life was kind of chaotic hectic with three kids and two of them doing this on two different schedules and no job no she i don't believe she worked but anyway it was like 
how much do I owe? And how much was that? And I would tell her, and she'd say, okay. And then she'd go upstairs, and then she'd be leaving. i go, Cal, you didn't pay me yet. Because I've known her, like I said, since she was a kid. So, uh, and then it was gathering up the kids in the dance bags, and did you get your costume? And she'd be gone. So it was, well, I mean. And then the next day she would come in. No, but and say, it wasn't you didn't just pay her. Me. It was like, it was just say, a lot of confusion. And she'd say, I paid you yesterday. <laughs> she and you're like, she no, did. you stood here with a credit card, but you never actually paid. She, she thought she did. But what Sandy didn't know is she was going upstairs bragging that she got past the front desk again without paying. And the rules did not apply to her because she was alumni. Because it wouldn't she have happened if your dad was at the desk because he held a firmer line than I did. I mean, I eventually got it, but I had to, not just her, just in general. Right. Caught kind about it. And be sweet and kind. <laughs> be and kind like, about You're it. You're not going upstairs. Yeah. Right. TV show. Yes. From your point of view, go. From my point of view, I was there with you and I knew what was going on. But at the time, my mom was very sick, and I was sort of trying to back out a little bit because I had to spend, she ended up living with me, and I had to spend more time with her. Uh, so I wasn't there as but, much as I had been before. But cameras. Oh, yeah. Crew. There were cameras it, and crew everywhere. And I remember vividly one day, there was a girl who I've known since she was little. She danced at the studio for years and happened to get a job with the production company. And it was her job to keep everybody out of the studios while they were filming, just the kids in the show. And I had to go back for something, and she looked at me, and it was like the hardest thing Teresa ever had to do. She had to say, I can't allow you to go back there. I'm sorry. So it was, you know, it was a different place. It was really a different place. The kids that came every week and were loyal to Abby and did what they needed to do, and they were there on time, would not be able to go into the studio. They wouldn't be able to go in and, and take their class. You have to stay here, we're filming right now. Well, their classes were half an hour, some of them 45 minutes. If they're 20 minutes late getting in, till everybody gets their shoes on and gets in there, you have no time to spend. And it's it was a shame, it was. Actually, my granddaughter was one of them. <laughs> so, I, I know. It was frustrating. awful. Yeah, it was. And people don't understand how the show didn't make my studio this successful place with 2,000 students. Yeah. It was because they destroyed it. And then they had coolers with drinks for those kids and food for those kids. But the everyday kids, no, you can't go over there. That's not for you. That's just for the show kids. So that was kind of hurtful. Very hurtful. Yeah. Especially when it was kids saying it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I, the kids I never had an issue with. They were... I get along with people. I'm a get along right. kind of person. So I don't know. But it it was different. It was very different. You knew you were second class. Like you were. And that's awful. It is. Because. Funny. And then when you're paying to do it, it's really aggravating bad. as a parent. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I tell that story about the kids going, you know, you grab your kid at school when it's freezing cold and get them to the studio and you're feeding them in the car and they jump out and then they can't get in the door. Because there's some six foot three guy on the other side holding it shut. Al, was it his name? Yeah, Al? <laughs> the the security mm -hmm. rent a cop, and it's like, wait a minute, these kids are paying to be here, mm -hmm. and I'm inside the dance studio in a room, twenty nope. feet away, and I have no idea this is going no. on. And we couldn't get back to tell you. And I wouldn't have told you anyway. I'd try to handle it, but 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 I'm hearing it 
a year later, two years later. And if those kids would have had to been homeschooled and every camera was out of my building by four o'clock, I would still have a studio and I would still have a huge clientele, I think. It would be a different different circumstance. Sure. Everything would have been done it for and everybody out mm -hmm. the door. Abby, uh, what do you say to people that say, oh, well, you knew what you were signing up for? What do you have to say to those people? No one really knew what you were signing up for. The moms didn't know. The Abby didn't know. None of us really knew. First of all, you didn't know if it was really going to happen or not. Then you didn't know that this crew of people was going to show up and take over everything. Um, and get dirt everywhere and ruin your floors and clog up your bathrooms and those big men using the bathroom like it, it's disgusting yeah, they it brought in awful. quite a quite a crew so yeah you really didn't and then once it started you can't back back out of it again you know it, it's, it's I good. tried how many times did I quit <laughs> yeah. I mean we tried I did not know what I was signing up for I didn't yeah. in the first year they were there no payment for the gas bill no payment for the electricity bill they they skyrocketed I mean we used to be there from three o'clock ish till 10 o'clock at night and on the weekends from you know nine in the morning till four that was it and now suddenly they're it's insane right and then it's hard for the kids too because they went to school all day then they came to the studio they had to learn a routine and get fitted for costumes and be on camera and they wouldn't get out of there till 10, 10.30 easily. Well, after they stopped filming, then they would take their regular classes. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. I was running a business, a studio, trying to, running it into the ground. And I had two retail stores. I had a store in the city at that point. Mm -hmm. And I had the store and all the costuming. And, and then I was filming. I was on camera 12 hours a day, five mm -hmm. days a week. And then every weekend. And then at night you would have to s get a, a, a number together, find the music, do the costumes. So then when at 10.30 at night, when she's walking out the door, I would stick around and do costumes. I, I, yes. I got called in to do some of that. But when you left, here's a box of fabric. I need this for tomorrow morning at 8, 10, whenever the bus was leaving to go to the, the city. Because then on the weekend, you were gone all weekend filming at different competitions. So I'm handing Sandy a box of crap and saying, make something fabulous out of this. And you did. You did. <laughs> I remember. Those, those headpieces are absolutely magnificent. Magnificent. Oh, I remember um, you giving me a box of red, white, and blue fabric. And I need, well, you needed like 28 of them because the whole class was going to do it. But right. actually, these kids in the show were going to do it first. going to do it first. Right. I did a lot of that, and I don't think our viewers know that. I would do a routine for the show, but I would use it in my recital or for a routine, and there'd be 25 kids in the number. And sometimes those kids were in a class with all those other... Yes. Just the show kids had their thing, but they were also in a class with a lot of other children. Yes, absolutely. Like, like Mackenzie Ziegler doing her ballroom dance with my godchild, your granddaughter, Maddie. And I love it when she's on Dancing with the Stars Junior when she said, oh, well, we never learned ballroom. Did it? She was in a ballroom dance <laughs> with a special ballroom teacher that came in to choreograph it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's leaving it on. A little teeny ballroom. We're leaving it on the dance floor. Okay. <laughs> Leave it on the dance floor. We just left it. There it is. <laughs> she took ballroom. No, they, you're talking about the headpieces. Uh, the costumes. I Red, remember... Staying up all night, making these costumes, it was getting later, and I knew that bus was leaving for 
Cincinnati or someplace, I don't know. And on your end, you're at the studio, they're loading the bus up, they're making sure all the kids are there and they have the props and we have the music and everything. So the bus leaves and I'm still at home sewing. <laughs> they forgot to get the costumes. <laughs> I'm trembling by now trying to get this done. My daughter came over and helped me. I called, uh, Melissa was the one that I could reach. I called her and said, Because she was always on her phone. She (laughs) She never knew who was calling her. I said, is somebody coming for these costumes? She said, oh my gosh, we're on the turnpike. So they pulled the bus over and I had to get in my car and run up the turnpike and meet this bus and hand over this box of costumes. It was, but the people who were running the show, they did their thing during their working hours and didn't realize when they left how much work they left for everyone else to have done by the next morning whenever you left. Because you wouldn't come up with the costumes or anything until Wednesday? Wednesday. And then we were leaving Friday morning. Right. And we're in Pittsburgh. Yes. So we can't, we have a craft store and one fabric store with a bunch of craft stuff in it. And that's what you had. We weren't in New York City. No. Or New Jersey or Connecticut, even. I have quite a supply of thread now, though. I think I bought every color they had just because I knew I was going to need this at some point. Well, if I've never thanked you enough, I'm thanking you (laughs) in front of the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You did some beautiful artwork and you made some magnificent stuff. And um, Thank you, because my life was very exciting when it was going. I miss you not being around. Oh. (laughs) Well, it was. It we, was. It was deadline, deadline. Come on, come we on. We had come, a lot come, of crazy come. things happen. Yes, over the yes. Years. But I came home for my high school class reunion, my 40-year reunion, and I, the first thing I did was hand Sandy this jacket and said, I need this sewed together. Sew this up for me. Can you sew this? I don't want the sequins to break your needles. She's like, I've got it. I can do sequins. So, True. yes, it was. True. And then, uh, so, the first time I'm on TV, mm-hmm. how was that for you? You were on TV. I wasn't on the first show. I was, oh, Michael knows, episode three, maybe? I don't know. I know I got in trouble because I was holding rhinestones yeah, in Yeah, it bag. was episode three. Episode three. I was holding the bag with rhinestones in it, and the bag was cellophane, and it was making a crackly noise, and mm-mm, that wasn't good, so I had to back off, I guess. <laughs> oh, you got in trouble because the noise... The, the noise of oh, the bag with the rhinestones in it. For God's sakes, for God's sakes. Okay, so you're sitting in your living room. Well, no, we all, the whole family. I mean, you were like part of our family. So we were all sitting there just waiting. And uh, it was, I remember the the commercial coming on beforehand. And I had dozed off and I heard Abby screaming (laughs) something, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know what it was. And I woke up, thought, oh my God, (laughs) she's here. But yeah, we all got together and we watched and... um, then I think the next week we went to the lobby of the hotel in the area because the group was getting bigger and we would watch and then we'd have snacks and we would watch so it was it was an event it was fun because we knew you from way back when we knew the kids I mean Mackenzie was a baby in Melissa's arms whenever she first came to the studio and I would measured Maddie for little tap shoes that were tiny little tap shoes so you know we knew those people and once again, for our viewers and our listeners, they wanted to be there. Oh, yeah, they wanted Nothing to be there. Nothing was toxic. <laughs> it was all fun and exciting. And, wow, our kids are on TV, and we're here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. in a suburb, you know, out on the east 
side of Pittsburgh in a suburb. And wow, our kids are getting to do this. It is really, really amazing what's happened. But as far as like the frustration, I mean, anytime your kid's involved in any kind of sport or whatever, there are frustrating moments. There are times when you want to pull your hair out. The kid likes it. You've become friends with the people that are there on your team or whatever. And it is becomes part of your life. And it would, it's, you stick it out, you do whatever. But they did benefit. They truly did benefit. Oof, they got a lot out of their tuition. <laughs> the ones that paid it and the ones that tried not to pay it. <laughs> yes, they got a lot out of their no. tuition. I, I mean, when you think what you've paid for for your kids and the activities they've done. and it A was, college education now. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, those kids got plenty. Yeah. An exciting life. An exciting life. Yeah. An exciting life. Mm-hmm. And you knew them all. Yeah, I did. And you knew that they came to the studio because they wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, the moms have this strange uh, thought process that if their kids would have danced at any other studio in the area, they still would have been on the show. What's your opinion of that? My opinion of that is uh, we lived something where we were trying to replicate what we had at the studio because... Your studio was not up and functioning or someone took it over that was not too friendly with us. So we had to look for someplace else for my granddaughter to go. And she, of all my grandchildren and children that went there, seemed to have the most potential. And there was no no place to go that could give us what we could have gotten there. No other studio in town was no. going to give you the education that your no, kid could have gotten there all the way around in every genre of dance too I mean it was and and just the expectations they learned a lot my oldest granddaughter didn't dance for real long she did for a while but it just wasn't a passion of hers and now she's a professional person and she said I learned so much there just interviewing for jobs just knowing what to do just just things you learn that don't even pertain to dance but they do filter down and help you in life because so, you knew what was expected and there was no way you didn't have the right thing on. There was no way you didn't have your napkin in your lap and you didn't let the people off of the elevator before you got on and just things that you learned from traveling. Yes. So you just don't get that anywhere else. You really don't. Well, thank you. So so the answer to that would be that you don't think those people would end up on a TV show if their kid danced somewhere else. I mean, well, I it was my friend that opened... that created the show like how how would that have happened like i just I don't get it well statistics would bear you out how many other kids from the area Come how many other the studios from the area have all these professional kids Probably none you have a, i was a turning lot. out more professional dancers than than our universities in the city of pittsburgh okay. at one time at one time i was pumping out more professional dancers than point park and then ta- sometimes the teachers that were teaching at the universities also taught at our studio absolutely so the kids in high school were getting classes from the same teachers that they would have then when they went to one of the universities for 45 grand a year yeah instead of whatever they were paying mm-hmm. a month a couple hundred bucks a month right. yeah 280 Two eighty six a month, and it was a lot smaller class too than what they would have in, in a college or mm-hmm. university. And yes. then they had performance opportunities. Well, in college you have performance opportunities too, but yeah, but not yeah, not what we were doing. Yeah, they don't pick you out and say, "Oh, you're going to do a solo." Yeah, and not in college. And you, and you weren't going to a, a competition at the Waldorf Astoria, and Ben Vereen and Gwen Verdon and Cheetah Rivera weren't judging you. Right. I mean, come on, that's a big deal. That is. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. All right, Sandy, we're going to wrap it up here. Okay. Uh, any any 
personal things you want to tell the, the viewers about me? Personal. Well, I can say that um, I had some crazy experiences with you. Oh, we didn't talk about one thing we have to talk about. We owned a business together. We did. Yeah, we so did. Sandy Powers and I and another lady owned a business together. It was called Dance Aquarius because people often say to me, <clears throat> Abby, you should own a competition. What All these dance competitions are out there. Why don't you own one? And I say, I did. Why don't you tell everyone about that? I did. It was called Dance Aquarius <laughs> because it was on a cruise ship and we figured that would be a nice tie-in they could have a nice vacation and then we would be able to have classes and it was beautiful you could have classes up on the deck uh, early in the morning the only issue well we had several issues but <laughs> whenever we had ballroom space and deck space to be able to do this was when we were in port so you couldn't then get off the ship and see what was in that town you had to be on the boat dancing competing dancing right well, we had to be there all day, but oh, we were there. Other people Morning, didn't because their kid could compete and then they could leave and go. Well, do their whatever. kid had class and then <clears> they <throat> had competition, but the parents could go out on the yes. on the island or whatever. And it was it was great. I mean, it was a whole year of planning. It was before the internet and before you could book things online. They would pay us, then we would forward the money to the cruise line, and to that's when I bought a condo in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That was going to be our headquarters. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it we. It was a beautiful, beautiful competition. We had a great time, and we gave the travel agent money to book and reserve all these rooms for the next year. But he went bankrupt and lost all our money, so Dance Aquarius only floated for one year. But it was successful oh, it was. in that one year. We actually made money as a business in our first year. Right. And that's when you couldn't put it on your Instagram for free. You had to put full-page ads oh, yeah. in Dance Magazine, Dance Teacher Magazine, Dance Teacher Now. I remember working on those ads and doing all that. It was nuts. Everything was more difficult without the internet. <clears throat> Everything we did, the reservations, the booking, the getting the teachers there that came to teach. Funny you should mention the teachers. <laughs> so we had Melissa Hayden, who was the big shot director at the North Carolina School of the Arts, very prestigious program. Mm -hmm. And then we had Tommy Walsh. Tommy was in the original cast of A Chorus Line. He had won a Tony. He was uh, Tommy Toon's assistant, choreographer. He had, just he had just written the book On the Line about being in the original cast of A Chorus Line, dealing with Michael Bennett, all that. And he taught tap in musical theater and did his book promo thing. Mm -hmm. And then we had a jazz teacher named Jeff Andrews. And Jeff was from LA and he was the hot jazz teacher. And I called a cat, uh, an agency, a dance agent called MSA. That's McDonald Selznick. And I'm still friends with Julie McDonald and Tony Selznick. And years ago, I contacted them to get this jazz teacher. So I remember being in your kitchen, <laughs> headquarters for costume design, <laughs> headpiece <laughs> design, <laughs> cruise, dance Aquarius. We're in your kitchen and the phone rings. Oh, no, I came in and you said, we have a problem. We have a big problem every day. We have a problem. We have a big problem. What? The jazz teacher can't come. And you thought I was going to freak out, and I didn't. No. I said, well, just get somebody else. Get some other hot jazz teacher. That's all we need. We, need, we wanted someone with credentials, though. I mean, Oh, yeah, 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 credentials. Yeah. But we wanted, we wanted somebody fun and right. young because Melissa Hayden and Tommy Walsh were not fun or young. He so, was fun and 
crazy. She was very... Yes. She was a ballet teacher. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I said, Jeff, get us somebody else. He said, I have someone. I have someone that's going to come. He's going to bring an assistant. It's going to be great. Don't tell Julie. Please don't ever tell Julie McDonald. Please. Because he got a better gig with Reebok, a big Reebok industrial. So he sent us this young man named Dominic Lacero. And Dominic had been on a television show called Mickey's Roundhouse. And it was a Mickey Mouse show on Disney. And all the kids knew him from that. We didn't know him, but the kids went crazy. Mm -hmm. And he was also in the movie... I want to say Newsies, the movie Newsies. He was in the movie Newsies. He's in several other Disney movies. And he was a great dancer and uh, very unique looking. Mm-hmm, yeah. And uh, he kind of looks like John Crow a little bit. Yeah. So he came on the ship and he brought his assistant, Raj Kapoor. They were young. They were very young. They were... Oh, they were so young they couldn't rent a car. I had to rent the car for them in my name. You rented the car I rented I, the car? I rented the car because... Okay, yeah. so... After the cruise, when we got back to Miami, they needed a rental car to get to Disney, to Orlando, because they were in the Reebok Industrial that Jeff Andrews was choreographing. Okay. So, they went, you you rented them the car. car rental place, and stood in line and... Did the whole schmear. Because after we got off that ship, we were exhausted. Yes. <laughs> Didn't something happen to your son-in-law? He just folded up. He couldn't go on any longer. No, who hit their head? Oh, that was a young man that was with us. Brian. Okay, a helper, an assistant. Yeah, yeah. He hit his head, yeah. had to get stitches. Yes. We think that the doctor on the cruise ship was a vet or something. I'm pretty sure that someone said he was a vet. It was who they could get. A veterinarian. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then something happened to your daughter. She got sick. She got sick. I was driving back to the hotel and actually dozed off. I've never done that in my life. <laughs> I was driving. It was, it was a grind. It was, it was a lot of work. It was rough, and I had 180 kids, or 180 people on the ship from the dance studio from Pittsburgh. And I had to go back into the bowels of the ship with the longshoremen, and get everything <laughs> packed up through customs again to get shipped back to Pittsburgh. But it was a different weight in different boxes, and everything has to be very specific. When it comes, it comes to customs, customs, it was because yes. we didn't have trophies anymore. A lot of the paperwork we had, we had t- uh, sweatshirts and T-shirts that we sold. Well, they weren't in the boxes anymore, so we were bringing back less than we took, and we had no scale. I was down there with a longshoreman, and he's holding it. What do you think about twenty pounds? <laughs> Good with me. So. <laughs> it was. I didn't see that. I just had to deal with Preston because I remember the music on the ship use a generator so the music started slowing down during the competition <laughs> and that was it was crazy it yeah. was crazy but when we look back at it it was an amazing event it that was. you pulled it off was it was fun. just brilliant yeah, it was a, a year's worth of work and um we thought it was never going to happen but it, it turned out to be great it was great it and was. uh just sandy's every party she ever planned Every centerpiece she made, every balloon decor, this, that, the other thing. There's people in LA that do that, and I know a lot of people that that are very good at what they do, but they're not like you, Sandy. It was oh. just beautiful, and Karen and your buddies and yeah. all Diane, everybody helping. I still am friends with a lot of those people uh, that your kids dance with, or even that you knew from the, the studio. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. They become 
lifelong like I said, friends. I saw them more than I saw a family. Yeah. Okay, so Raj Kapoor, Dominic Lacero passed away. Uh, he died just a rough, rough death. He died. Uh, Raj Kapoor is the director and or producer of the Oscars, Adele's concerts in Los Angeles, the Emmys. It's insane what this young man has done. Yeah. And he couldn't even rent his own car. No, he couldn't. You had to rent he him a car. He was Dominic's helper. Yes, he was Dominic's <laughs> helper. And we went, they went to Disney. And then I went to Orlando afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I met up with them and had a crazy, incredible night at Pleasure Island. Why weren't you down in the ship with me? I I, I couldn't be. I don't think I could be because I was a dance teacher just attending the event. Yes. And uh, the young lady that won our Miss Dance Aquarius turned out to be Michelle Rogers. And she is a very successful dance teacher and a wonderful woman and a cancer survivor. And I've remained friends with her. And it's just just crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, But every kid... And I can say this confidently. Every kid that attended the Abby Lee Dance Company got something out of their education. Whether it was just, I always say, they, they stand a little taller, they speak a little louder, and, uh, you know, they walk with a purpose. Confidence. Confidence, chin up, shoulders back. Mm-hmm. Even if they weren't stars. Even if they didn't end up on Broadway. You know, all the other kids got a lot out of the dance education, too. Maybe at the time it didn't seem like it, but they did. <laughs> They yeah. did. Yes. They did. But you were on an episode. Well, you were there for many, many episodes at the beginning. Right. Now, right. you were on an episode. Mm-hmm. So how was it seeing yourself on television? I just, I don't even like <laughs> being filmed right now. Um, it was, yeah, it was just another experience with Abby Lee. She pushes you to do things you're sure you can't do. You're sure you'll never be able to do it. But you do which is, I think, part of what they learned. Actually, I have to say, when my husband passed away, uh, between Abby and her mom, they're strong women, and they showed me how to be strong. I thought, if they can do it, I can do this. If Marion, at 70 years old, drives herself to Florida by herself, I can do this. I can do this. So even as the person at the desk taking the money, I got a lot out of being at the dance studio. Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And just dealing with people. Just all do what you have life. to do. You do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Whatever yes. life gives you, you have to handle it. Right. And you do. You do. You keep doing it. I do. I keep do. doing it. I don't want to cry. No, I don't either. We just <laughs> see each other through some, a lot of situations. A lot of situations, yes. Okay. So very quick, speed, speed, speed answers. First thing that comes to your mind. Oh, my. What? Funniest thing that happened. In all these years? Yes. Oh, how can I narrow it down to one? Okay. We broke down in the desert <laughs> uh, in a van with, uh, you had to be in L.A. for some Emmy thing, and we called AAA, and they had a map. They wanted to know what we were near. We looked out the window, and there was tumbleweed. <laughs> there was nothing. There was no landmark, but we got back in time. Yes, we did. There was what? another time we were in New York, and Abby got... <laughs> mugged and but she wasn't going to the police station then because we had tickets to a show that's right so we went to the show and then we had to see a friend that lived in new jersey to to the bus so we went to the port authority and there were police there so okay we'll tell these policemen about what happened report the robbery 
Well, they said, well, we're the Port Authority police. You can't, you know, you have to go to the precinct where the, the event the occurred. North, the North Precinct? The North Precinct. But while we were there, there were these guys sitting on the floor chained together. I guess they had arrested them for something. <laughs> and they were waiting for the paddy wagon to come pick them up. I don't know why they were just there. No one was with them. But they were obviously arrested for something. And Abby looked at them and she said, you know... If you could choreograph this, right, it's a revolving door, and you guys could all get out. Nobody's watching you. <laughs> so there was that. Then we showed up at the North Precinct. Probably, well, this happened. You got mugged at, like, early in the afternoon. Well, till we ate dinner, ate lunch, went to a Broadway show, hung out at the Port Authority. <laughs> it's probably midnight or so, and we have to report this incident. Mugging. This mugging, yes. And whoever... The person was, she. Abby was behind a glass window with a little sliding window, and they must have said something along the lines of, how was your service? Or how did you... <laughs> she slides that window back and says, Sandy, how do you spell embarrassment? <laughs> As in this police force is an embarrassment to the city of New York. <laughs> so, okay, they finish up the paperwork. She comes out and she looks at the people at the desk and said, so... After all we've been through today, aren't you even going to call us a cab? And they kind of look at each other like they can't believe this person just said that. And the one policeman said, okay, all right. So he walks us to the corner, steps out, stops all the traffic, and hails a cab. We get into this cab. I can't think about it without being hysterical again. We were like rolling in the back seat, laughing. And the one girl that was with us was very pregnant. She had this big blue down jacket on. It was it was one of those experiences. I could probably go on if I could think, but those are the couple that stand, really stand out. Okay, anything else? No, just that I appreciate you and everything I've gotten to see and do. Oh, well, there's more to come. <laughs> let's hope, let's let's hope, hope there's so. more excitement in let's the future. So, yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Sandy. I am Sandy Powers, and this is Leave It on the Dance Floor. Thank you all for joining my dear friend Sandy and I here at Leave It on the Dance Floor. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and join us next week when Sandy's daughter, Denise, will join me here on my podcast, Leave It on the Dance Floor. Yeah. Yeah. ALDC Elite, thank you so very much for listening. Be sure to subscribe and give Leave It on the Dance Floor a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to watch each week and see exclusive behind-the-scenes content like my never-seen-before pictures and videos from the competitions, some even taken from the wings, classes at the ALDC studio in Pittsburgh, or even our iconic dance concerts. Head over to Patreon or become a member on YouTube Premium, linked in the show notes each week. See you on the flip side. A Huda Media Production.